Welcome to another week in the Foyer Reference Household. And while you are perusing the Reference Biblioteca, we do have two existing episodes, the first covering seasons one through three and another covering season four. Be nasty, do what you want, but we do have those episodes. Let's get on with the show. Friends and remember me, different lovers. Welcome back to the For You Reference Podcast. It's your host, Katie. And Oti. Circle the block one last time and awkwardly bump right into your on-the-couch, cereal-eating, birthday-forgetting ex. Uh. Join us in holy realized character arcs and all the feels where we got y'all and I got mine. With the fifth and final season of HBO's Insecure, the ever eternal Issa Rae this week. Wow, OT. Tell me about it. I will continue to tell you about it. We most recently had our Christmas episode. And as much as we have loved and and, and nurtured and held to our bosoms, um, the TV series Viking, you didn't feel like it was necessarily perfect. But I do dare say on behalf of both of us that season five of Insecure is perfect in every way. It is. I don't think I've ever felt that emotional watching a show end and wow, 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 wow. You were proud thugging in the corner trying to pull those tears back up. I was. I I really tried. Your tears were doing bench presses on your eyelids. (laughs) (laughs) I think for the most part in the finale you were okay, but it was the documentary that kind of... It's the one that that opened the floodgates and um, just seeing what Issa Rae has done for the community and what she you know, stands for as a person, as as someone who appreciates all the opportunities afforded to her. Mm-hmm. It's it's just bloody marvelous to behold. And the love that the cast and crew feel for her, you know, you can tell that there's something genuine in there. And Insecure meant a whole lot more than a show for a lot, a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely painted a more genuine um, portrayal as opposed to the fake veneer when players were talking about Michael Jordan. In the- <laughs> he was a cool guy. Yeah, oh, he was the best. He bullied- when he was punching me, it's cool. It's all right. <laughs> he bullied us 30 years later. I'm still talking about it on an ESPN documentary, but I'm fine. Don't I'm fine. Worry. I'm fine. Don't- <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it um friends and lovers like i mentioned in the cold open you can be nasty you can follow along um you know there we do love a lot of you that continue to um tune in because for some reason that we aren't qualified to understand you choose to come week in week out even if you haven't watched what we're covering um and we are five seasons deep with this show so um feel free to stay but we're definitely going to absolutely um spoil this um episode in this season and and really nurture it with the love that Issa has continued to water and I think that's something that I really enjoyed about the documentary as well because they talked a lot about you know it's not necessarily paying it forward but it's understanding and you know Prentice talks about for decades he was the only black writer in the room Mm. right and how so many of the writers have gone on to get their overall deals yeah natasha rothwell Mm. shout out um not necessarily inside of insecure but tracy oliver was involved in creating awkward black girl which was before insecure and she's got harlem um and i guess while we're here we're shouting out quinta bronson because we fucking love her um (laughs) and abbott elementary but there is something beautiful and there's something natural about having people embedded within structures that traditionally didn't really open for diversity aside from a white person that's brunette because that's what tall dark and handsome means right Mm, yeah and especially when Issa talks about all the struggles that she had coming up to you know pitching insecure and what she was told by executives you know this won't work because a your skin color your skin like it's she overcomes so much 
Yeah. And to see her pioneering and and pushing forward and and acting as as an ambassador and even more than that just it, it blows me away it, it humbles me and fuck sakes man it's it's one of the most beautiful things you can see it's a love fest okay Mm. Um, yeah, there's obviously we can continue to love and lord Issa Rae and I continue to sploosh at her altar um, as much as I can. And this is this is quite funny and I know OT found this very funny. Like I talk a lot of mad shit on this podcast and yep. I do believe, wow, can, can, can you at least try to take a second to I, react? I'm agreeing with you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I do stand by a lot of the mad shit that I talk and um, one of them is as much as I fucking love something don't like it hurts me more to see a show continue beyond its prime Mm. right and again if we're gonna love and lord um and accolade Issa Rae to be able to create a show with her vision of having five seasons and ending it on her terms on a network like HBO, that is unheard of. It is unprecedented. But like Melina Metsukas was saying, hopefully it's not the last we see of it this won't be. of this amount of control to mm. be able to have over your own IP, mm. right? And we learned from Don Cheadle's algae rhythm in Space Jam, IP. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, IP can kind of mean whoever has the biggest wallet. Yeah. Swinging in the room. So I was preparing myself when season five, the announcement for season five came out and it was being announced as the last season. And because we follow Issa outside within within um, acceptable, socially acceptable bounds, but because we follow Issa outside of Insecure, we knew we were going to continue to see her. And by the way, no one gave Lovebirds enough attention. That's a fucking great film. And before Kamal Nanjiani became the Pakistani Denzel. He was really great in that film with Issa Rae. Yeah. Right? So I knew that I was going to continue to see her, maybe not as the lead in another TV series, but she is loving and lauding and helming a lot of black talent. Yeah. Right? And also black lady sketch show. (laughs) So I knew I was going to see her outside of the show, so I was fine until we got to the last couple of episodes till I knew that we had definitive amount of morsels that I could indulge in because, you know, unless it's going to be OT's friends reunion and we need to have like a living single reunion. How fucking great would that be? That'd be amazing. Right. Um, But unless we're going to have a completely, even if they were all casted the same, it's not the same story. It's not the same feel. We're never going to have this beautiful moment in history again. Mm. And that really started to hit me. And we never doubted, you know, the penmanship in this show and the intention in this show. You know, a a lot of the time, whether it's in the 80s or even like in the 2020s, when we're watching a film, you can tell the difference between writing characters that look like you or just characters that you care about and then writing characters that you want to shock your audience with, Mm. right? And, you know, love and accolade and shout-outs to Mindy Kaling for Sex Lives of College Girls. There were so many moments where we felt like they were going to be really brutal with the female characters but because there was a lot of love centered around it it was fine yeah we didn't have the trauma of being a woman um and we also didn't have a lot of black trauma um and insecure as well who would have thought like they went through shit but a lot of it was self-inflicted yep especially with molly yeah. Um, but there we are, friends and lovers. Uh, we are in the fifth and final season of Insecure. Um, if you have recently or when it first came out, listened to our first um, Insecure episode, it really was our first um, accidental attempt at, at a relationship podcast. <laughs> Um, and you'll be pleased to know, friends and lovers, that um, unfortunately, it's not political, but unfortunately, we do sit in separate camps. I will forever love Isa, and I think that definitely, no, I definitely know that extends to Isa's character and insecure, but I do believe I am fair, so I am a bit deluded, I guess, in that instance. But speaking of uh, a shared delusion, a separate one, but a shared one, um, OT is still very firmly Lawrence 
Yeah. And I just want to dispel the negativity. Wow, okay. I want to dispel the negativity that surrounds the Lawrence Hive. You know, we've had plenty of YouTubers come down on the Hive that saying that just because he fucked two ladies and that's why people are for it. You know, um, because people see Lawrence in themselves. Whatever bloody reason it is that you connect with Lawrence, it does not bloody matter. It's been ages since we saw a black character, a black male who succeeds by the, his own bloody bootstraps without having to feel that he's lesser, that he has to succumb to some sort of, you know, uh, to the power that be, to be himself. Lawrence takes us on a fucking journey and whatever point it is that you connect and resonate with a character, for you to be labeled as a hive, be it rightly or wrongly, it does not bloody matter. One iota. You know, he is a character that is flawed like many are Issa D is bloody flawed mm. but that's part of being bloody human and the importance of Lawrence I think Lawrence is the modern day more relatable Carl Barker and, Ooh, okay. and and you know it's been ages since we saw a character like him portrayed on TV uh -huh. and I connect with him so much and it's just one of those things that I cannot in myself criticize or find fault I can see the fault but I don't blame because at the end of the day we bloody learn mm -hmm. and that's what humans do we make mistakes we stumble we learn we improve we grow we become better people we become more responsible the aspects in this season where I was cringing I was holding my head and I'm like Lawrence what the bloody hell are you doing what are you saying to Condola Condola mm -hmm. is crap but at the end of it she doesn't deserve all that nonsense she's pushing her whoa 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 <laughs> Whoa, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I'm going to bookmark this and I'm going to put it in my pocket because I don't even know how you very smoothly, Carl Barker smoothly, just slid in there <laughs> that condola is crap because I don't agree with that and we're going to come to that um, in a second. But friends and lovers, log out of the forum. Otherwise, Quoti will offer you a hive pill. Wow. <laughs> Did I do an internet? Yeah, you do a lot of those, eh? You want to hear about the NFT, Oti? <laughs> uh, don't be a us. Oh, friends and lovers. But yes, we are talking about the final season um, of Insecure. And given the nature of it, it is going to be very relaxed. And we are going to, you know, dabble into previous seasons as well. But Oti, can you believe... Season four left us at the point of Issa being told by Lawrence that he just got told by Condola that she's having a baby and she's going to keep it. Mm. That's how much has happened in season five because a lot of growth has happened. Um, and I guess we'll talk about the time jumps and how you felt about it in the finale. But, you know, I, I want to talk, we've talked generally um, about the show and how much we've loved it and how much it meant to us. Um, but I definitely want to go into characters and naturally they're going to overlap. You know, I love how Prentice Penny as well as Issa um, and also Yvonne talk about how the show was always a, a love letter to Molly and Issa and to their friendship. Mm. And we see that and the show ends with the two of them. And that is a very beautiful uh, moment because their friendship is not without qualm. Mm. Or as Delroy Lindo would say in The Heart of They Fall, quarrel. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Issa. Um, and please, the residential man on the podcast, refrain from talking about Lawrence. Mm. Let's just focus on Issa. Um, you know, given the title of the show, um, it would be a surprise to yourself if you didn't realize this would be driven by a lot of the decisions and the haphazard, um, you know, mistakes that Issa makes um, throughout her life. Mm -hmm. That a, a lot of the growth that we see is is based on the learnings, um, if you will, that she picked up <laughs> sometimes by force. Um, but I, I really, really, really loved Issa's journey. I always would love it. But there were times that she did piss me off and I did want to hold it to account. So let's just be fair about that. 
Okay. But generally, overall, you know, we see a shift and, you know, friends and lovers, I think we all kind of get to that point, you know, even in a professional sense, wherever we are working, whatever capacity we're working in, no matter how long we were working in there. Remember there was a time where Issa was helping with the interviews mm. and people weren't realising that she was at that job for like five years. Yeah. Especially for the amount of level of complacency that she had because they <laughs> There needs to be some sort of natural progression, not necessarily in ways of promotion, but just in the way that you navigate the space that you're in professionally. Mm. And it kind of felt like Issa was fine with just living the way that she felt like she was supposed to be living. I don't think it was even necessarily the fear of trying something new mm. because I don't think she even entertained that. I think she's like, I've got my bestie Molly. I've got Lawrence on the couch eating cereal, forgetting about my birthday, but fine, we're over it apparently. Um, and she was just fine to do life the way life was being done to her, right? Yeah. And we see a shift in that. Mm. We see an absolute shift in that where she quits without having any sort of jobs lined up. I don't know how it works in South LA in regards to rents, but that would fucking freak me out. That That is a very scary decision to make, but I guess it also removes the safety net. You need to sink or swim, right? Yeah, the best way to sort of land swimming. Are we going to get another OT sad story? You know, it's all right. I'll spare you this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll leave your sad childhood stories for succession, hey? Yeah. Um, but I really loved, you know, the wholly realized journey that we had with Issa. And we definitely see a dynamic shift. And we talked about this in season four, where Molly was kind of being a bit more unsure of herself. And Issa was kind of, you know, being being more comfortable in her own skin and her abilities and what she brought to the table. Yeah, because we start to see this rift happen in season four where Issa is spending more time with Gondola and yep. Molly feels sort of left out. Yep. And this causes a turbulence in the relationship where they're uncertain where they stand with each other. Yep. And certain things get said harshly, yep. but I think they needed to be said. Yeah. Otherwise, that friendship would never have grown to, to fruition as the way it did at the final season. Mm -hmm. Because we get to see them appreciate, you know, yes, you said this in anger, but I've received it. You know, uh, Molly says in season five, uh, you know, in as much as I was a wreck with boyfriends, that's something she would never even have identified or even self-reflect to a point where she was enabled to bloody see a relationship with Torian. Torian. Well, that that's exactly it. And then I'm pretty sure it was in season one when Molly was completely laughing it off and she was having a little giggle gaggle tee hee about therapy in general. And she was very dubious mm. to it, right? Um, and we definitely see that growth. And, you know, I, 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 I share this sentiment a lot on the podcast. I think most recently, even though it is familial, um, most recently I shared it on Writers of Justice where we have Mads Mikkelsen's character as a father. He loved his daughter so much, but he could only really love within the capacity that he can love himself. Mm. And I think that's what we were experiencing with Molly. She didn't want to not root for Issa. She didn't want to feel jealous to the point that she couldn't support Issa, but she was going for her own thanks. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with Asian Bay, mm. right? We talked about this in Single All The Way most recently. Like there was nothing wrong with Asian Bay, but he, you know, people say right place, wrong, wrong time, wrong place, wrong person, all that sort of thing. It wasn't the time for Molly to have, you know, the, the tilling of the soil and the nurturing and for her to go on her journey. She was, she was always capable of it, I suppose, because, you know, she was well off, she dressed well from from all you know points and surfaces she had everything going on for herself yeah but she wasn't ready to receive whatever lesson she was supposed to learn yeah and, and that definitely that, interfered with her friendship with Issa. and i think the same could also be applied to Issa because okay. Issa is less than perfect she's made mistakes along the way she's flaky as you know um, she doesn't make a decision and she can't stick with it and she backflips a lot. Yep. But Molly calls that out. And I think when it came to a decision where fast forward uh, in season five and Molly's like, what do you think about Lawrence? You know, what, what would you have said to Lawrence? 
And Issa's like, nah, you know, he said that I completely go, you know, I go back on stuff and I can't, don't have a backbone or whatnot. And Molly's like, sometimes you just overthink, just go yeah. with whatever you feel. Yeah. And sometimes it's as easy as that. Mm-hmm. But wow. While we're here, while we're talking about Issa, um, I don't know how much more we're going to say about Nathan in isolation of Issa. So we might as well address Nathan mm. now. Um, you know, we, we've, we've given the show accolades and I'll continue to give the show accolades um, for the way that they portrayed, you know, someone having bipolar. Mm. Right. It's, it's frustrating um, to see Nathan navigate the way that he navigates. Um, but it also brings like a, a human sort of element. He's not just being shitty. Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, there were moments where you could see that he wasn't actively trying to work on it mm. either. And I think it's 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 hard to delineate the two, um, but I don't. It, it wasn't fair for Issa to experience at the drop of a coin him saying, "This doesn't feel like home. I'm going to fuck off again." Yeah, without any regard to Issa or the relationship. That yeah, end. yeah, and it's like okay, because then what 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 does that mean? Every time you have a shit day, you're going to threaten to up and leave and never yeah. come back. Mm. Yeah, that was weird, and you could you could tell that it affected Issa, even if. He came back and said that he loved her. I think at the back of his of Issa's mind, it's still there. Yeah. Well, I, what I will say is, you know, relationships aren't fucking easy, right? Mm. And even if it's the same relationship, you can go through many phases and many instances of that one relationship. So it is one relationship, but you go through some fucking thanks, right? So what I will say on this, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, however, it was made very clear that Asa and Lawrence were going to end up together. So unfucking fortunately, they had to write Nathan out of this love triangle because they could have made it work. They definitely could have made it work. Let's also bring back the fact that, you know, she was with Nathan at the time that she felt motivated when she was trying to gather all the forms to go and get all of the permits that she needed which by the way stupid Crenshaw I don't know how much we're going to talk about Crenshaw specifically but you know even when he tries to you know do this fuckboy apology or whatever the fuck he was doing and he's like oh who knew there were so many permits it's like yeah you didn't appreciate Asa's <laughs> value but we'll come to that um I just, I didn't care for it. Um, not to say that you can't remix exes, even though that seems very messy to me. Um, but who am I but a TV podcaster? But um, that's the thing. Nathan is dealing with a lot. He does not need drama. No, but Kay I can say drama. the same shit about Lawrence. So it is exactly. From, yeah, but it was a decision. Be fair. You always had it in your heart and you mentioned it every episode, especially in the dinner date episode with Issa and Lawrence, which is, I would say, one of the best episodes in television in general. Period. Yep. Yes. On period. Um, see you next month. <laughs> <laughs> is you always said that you wanted them to end up together. Even when I think there was a, there was a space of time where we didn't see Lawrence at all. Right. And I think it was around Coachella when they were at that um, convenience store. That's where we fucking saw Lawrence again. Yeah. Right. But even when he wasn't on the screen and he wasn't physically in insecure, you always were rooting for Asa and Lawrence to get back together. True or not? True. Because sometimes you need to be apart to grow closer together. And I think this, is a perfect example. Issa and Lawrence at the start of this weren't perfect. Lawrence certainly wasn't perfect. And we cannot sort of have excuses or whatever for him. Fine. Mm -hmm. But you could tell the chemistry was there. It was so great. And the fact that Lawrence wasn't even meant to be a regular. Yeah, interesting, right? And, and he, he sort of became so pivotal in the whole show. Well, I'm sure Jay Ellis is a very charismatic man, but I will never know that because I always see him as Lawrence. <laughs> Oh dear. I think at the back of my mind, I always just saw it was always meant to be Lawrence and Issa. And to even chip in it, it was more like Ross and Rachel. They could have multiple partners wherever the world they're in. But at the end of the day, when when the chips are down, it will always come back together. I'm disappointed you didn't mention Maxine and Carl. Nah, they fucked up with that relationship too they much did. for me to even reference them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you provided a particular spice. 
I, I was, but I think I went for the lower hanging fruit for our audience. <laughs> no, don't blame the audience. Don't blame the audience. This is all on you, uh, president of the Lawrence Hive. Mm. But that's that. That's exactly it. I don't know. I just like I came from the point of view. Of course, Nathan wasn't perfect. No one fucking is. Um, they could have made it work, and it kind of felt like they just shoo shooed him away. Yeah. And Kendrick Sampson is just a beautiful, wonderful, amazing person yeah. in general. Going through, yeah. That's why he got a like an amazing speech during the documentary, not Jay Ellis, but yeah. anyway. I agree with you. Kendrick is amazing as an actor and as a person. And in his character, there were issues where he wasn't ready to be in a relationship with someone like Isa. Oh, neither was Lawrence, but... And you could see how it affected him, especially with the confrontation with Lawrence. He was not even ready to be in LA. Okay, can we contrast? Can we contrast right now and let's transition into Molly? Because, yes, you can say no one should have to put up with that shit, but Torian really held it like a G. But that was all in the past shit. Draw came came in when shit had already settled. It wasn't in the heat of things. Okay, but can we talk about how Lawrence is messy? Because there was no need for him to confront her, like, out of the bushes. Yeah, that that was fucked up. But I think at the end of the day, Lawrence had to make a stand. And when he was... And he had a whole woman, whether it was a relationship or not, on his birthday. It's just, nah. How, 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 how... How long should he wait for Issa to respond? So where you deposit your seed is not where you lay your heart. Is that what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. <laughs> Spread your seed all over the world. I think the Mormons practice already. Spread your seed. By the end of the day, your heart is at home. You know? Go on missions. Spread your seed. Wow. That's fine. By the end of the day, you still have to get on that plane, go back home to your family. And that's where your heart is. Until there's like a viral TikTok video about babies with your face. No, until you see, (laughs) they have an ad and they see white babies all over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my, 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 my. The facts of life, mate. Is it really? (laughs) It is. Is that how it goes? It is. (laughs) Good on you, mate. On your bike. Mm. Um, But yeah, I just, mm, like, I I saw it coming that that Issa and Lawrence were going to end up together, especially because they shoo-shooed the Nathan-Issa storyline very quickly in the finale. Like, it was made very clear that Issa and Lawrence were going to end up together, and I kind of just had to leave that to the side and just let it be so I could enjoy for um, a second, I thought that they're going to make Issa just be single when Lawrence didn't show up for her birthday. I thought that was the perfect opportunity for Lawrence to pop his head in because it's been an a fair amount of time before, you know, after the whole incident. And he didn't show up. And I was like, oh, far out. Are they going to make Issa just end up alone? No, I don't think I don't think Issa was at a point where she would have chosen to be alone. Mm. Um, and can we also talk about the fact that Lawrence can't not be in a fucking relationship he can't be in a relationship that's not with isa you need to stop that i'm spitting facts mate you're spitting something (laughs) it is it is hot and it is unwelcome um let's talk about something that is very welcome molly molly got a lot of flack (laughs) throughout the series um for anyone that is well versed with black twitter especially while the cast are live tweeting um every sunday when insecure comes out Yvonne Orji got a lot of flack for playing um, Molly. And just generally, I didn't care for Molly either. And you'll hear it in the podcast episodes. Um, Unless it's Aisha Tyler, who's my best friend. I am able to separate, you know, acting from the actor. Mm. I think this is where we contrasted because I was more in the Molly camp in this because I felt that she was more aggrieved in terms of the friendship because it was always her offering advice, offering friendship, offering her shoulder to Mm -hmm. Issa I just felt that she was due a a moment where she can lose her shit no let's hang on a second because we talked about this and I very articulated explained to you why Molly was the nurturer Uh people don't volunteer for charities solely for the benefit of the people they're volunteering for let's make that very clear Mm -hmm. there's a sense of gratification there's absolutely a sense of wankery and jerking yourself off i'm so amazing because 
apparently I'm, I, I don't understand that there are other neighborhoods where I live. I have to go fucking overseas and volunteer <laughs> and take pictures with the local children to show how fucking great I am. Don't talk to me about this selflessness in volunteering, right? Mm. And I'll apply this in Molly. Mm. She helped a lot. She gave a lot in regards to, you know, her family as well as her friendships, but she also got something out of it too, mm-hmm. right? It's the same reason friends and lovers, you know, if you're still in the meta book verse, you keep those people that you went to with high school in to make yourself feel better, right? If people are doing not as great in your life, it makes you feel better. It does get a bit morose when it's your best friend that's not doing great and it makes you feel better. But again, that was that was work that Molly needed to work on. I agree to an extent. I agree to an extent that Molly needed that out of the friendship and it wasn't out of the goodness of her heart. Mm. But at the same time, I feel like she had to bury a lot just because she felt that Issa couldn't handle or she she had something going on. You know, it was one thing or another. It was either Daniel or whoever. Who, who, I can't even remember the string of people that's been there. Okay, you, you didn't mention a string when you were talking about Lawrence. It's not even about that. It's it's more she just felt like she had this role in the friendship and uh-huh. maybe both parties needed to fucking reconcile on that. And I think it only had to come out in one way and that was through the argument of the block party. Yeah, no, that again, what is up with people in Issa's proximity that feel the need to be so fucking messy very publicly at the wrong fucking time? Issa's energy, man. You better stop it. <laughs> those tears were saying something different during the documentary um but like yeah cool but then she was also being really weird because she didn't want you know Issa to contact her man i don't i don't necessarily agree with that especially because Issa knew him before they were even a couple like that was a whole kettle of mess but anyway again molly wasn't ready to do the work on herself even though unlike other people she had the resources to be able to do the work you know mentally emotionally inside she wasn't ready to do that fucking work Mm. right so that kind of permeated in the sense that she blew up in a very public way which probably definitely wasn't the best to do because you're making it all about you you didn't help with the block party but anyway we're happy for molly and her love and success so we're going to stay there ot (laughs) how did you feel about well i didn't even realize we were going to have molly ending up with someone at the end of this show it would have been it would have been really cruel if she didn't. Cruel because she's gone through a lot and yeah. it's the end of the show, so I agree. But also life is a lifelong journey. So in real life, like it's fine if because you are she, single. She, she was always insecure about that. She never really felt that she was good enough to have that sort of stable relationship. Yeah. And she had to reconcile that. But I think letting her not end up with someone would have just been a kick in the balls. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and love and splooshes to Natasha Rothwell, who, as you all know, plays Kelly. Um, when they were doing the live tweeting of the finale, she was just saying that, you know, Molly is literally the the campaign ad for therapy and how it works. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's literally one step from where you are, but if you're not ready and you don't do the work, you're always going to go in circles, mm. right? Mm. Unfortunately, those circles involved dro and why i do i was not expecting joe to show up he was busy in games people play yeah seronis jackson mm. don't worry about me friends and lovers don't pop quiz me but i i, I do quite well um in our <laughs> spheres um but i i'm glad that she did end up with someone but also someone with a very loving ot but also a relation doesn't make you whole or i don't believe should make you whole mm. right so i love that molly was on her healing path and i guess every rom-com including meg ryan and ugh, tom hanks will tell you that when you're not looking for love that's where you'll find it mm. and hopefully you're not looking for it because you're doing the work on yourself yeah. um but if you're in a rom-com it's probably more toxic 
toxic ways. You know, the I think the most def- defining part of season five where I felt that Molly had really changed mm-hmm. was when she didn't get to be partner, and that yeah. did not even affect her one bit. I was like, "Yeah, May, you, you, you've you've grown. Come through, Molly, <laughs> with your growth. Yeah, that's all she's been chasing since season one, episode yeah. one. But there's also nothing wrong with that. <laughs> let's nothing. let's yeah. also point that out. There's nothing wrong with that either. And we know um, Yvonne Oji as a person is quite an advocate of you know right now is it's okay to fucking rest. It's okay to fucking take a breath, relax. Be easy, yeah. you know, and and to see aspects of that in Molly, where she'd fought for that shit all the time, and thinking that that's the most important thing in life. Well, I when think it isn't. But I think um, you know, whether through parents, whether through schooling, whether through society, we're led to believe that our career becomes our personality, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, clocking in inhumane hours is exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was very a Nigerian sort of daughter in this typical. I, I didn't like, this was the most unexpected happiness that I had for a character in a long time, mm. in an absolute long time. If I can, if I can, you know, very um, privileged, very white, bring a succession reference into here, which we will be covering very soon. Friends and lovers. This was her Conroy moment. <laughs> Like a a character that you've seen fumbling for a long time, get that jubilant sort of moment that you didn't even realize what was happening, but they absolutely deserved and it edifies everyone in the room. I am so happy for Molly. Um, I I like that they explored, you know, just general themes of friendship and how life shit can get in the way. Um, and, you know, they, interestingly enough, they focused more on Molly's family as opposed to Issa's, right? Like yeah. we didn't meet Amal until like season two mm. and we she only went to her mom, I think, in season four. Yeah. I think that's the first time we physically saw her mom, um, which is absolutely fine. But it's interesting how Molly was the one that had more of a focus on family in the show. Yeah, because it played a big part of who she is as a character. Very true. Very true. Like, how could my dad do that? My parents had a perfect marriage, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it defined who she is and who she strived to be as a person. Yeah. You know, however flawed she thought, you know, my perfect family, my perfect f- dad and mom yeah. was never really that. And you could get to see that her parents were flawed just because they're fucking human. And no also, one is perfect. She also uh, knocked down Sterling K. Brown. Like, she really, it was really <laughs> all Molly's fault. <laughs> There were so many men thrown her way. And uh, to be fair, though, Stanley K. Brown would have come with This Is Us energy and everyone would be <laughs> crying all the time. We don't need that for Molly. Or the Thurgood Marshall energy. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> Man, that guy needs to play some good characters, some happy characters. <laughs> he does. He definitely does. Um, but yeah, Molly became the the shining beacon mm. um, of this series. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it so much. Did you see her? Okay, so we we talked about the fact that we didn't realise that she would end up with someone. Do you think it was a bit cheap that she ended up with Torian because they never had chemistry? Or do you think they did well to stitch together the fact that they were never on any sort of personal terms to getting really intimate with their family, you know, with Torian's brother and then with her mother? Like, do you think it was done in a way that felt natural, even though it happened quite suddenly? Or do you think it was like a cop out? She needs someone. Torian's been around for a while. Let's just put them together. No, there was always something. Did you ever feel a connection between her and Torian throughout the whole sort of times they met in meetings and they were sniping at each other? I always felt like, mate, what is this? Really? It's one thing being competitors in the office. That shit just came out salacious and shit. <laughs> I don't know. Friends and lovers, let us find out. Uh, OT has a Mr. and Mrs. Smith fan fiction. <laughs> 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 about Molly and Tori. <laughs> that shit would sell. <laughs> no, I, I I liked I liked the fact that it was Torian. I think there was no one else that would be perfect for Molly. 
Um, and when she said she didn't really feel like coming out and he sent her wine and wings, mm. yes, please. Mm. Send some more. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. But that's some, like, that's some grown person shit. I'm not for toxic masculinity, um, so I'm not going to say grown man shit. But, you know, when someone is comfortable in and of themselves and they – like the, and they are ready to move into that next phase. Nothing really fucking matters, man. Yeah. In regards to your past, like unless it's going to like, like you said with Lawrence re-emerging whenever Nathan's around. <laughs> Talking about barbecue of all things, but mm. anyway, um, nothing can really sever that. And I guess. <laughs> Torian was probably the most secure person in this show. Yeah. Yeah, he knew who he was. He was like the secure character of seasons past. <laughs> yeah. He did have a bit of Jidenna vibes though, didn't he? You think so? Yeah, because I think Jidenna's character was quite like that. He was so assured of himself. He knew what he wanted and it scared Molly. Okay. Okay, no, no, I see mm-hmm. that. I see that. Mm-hmm. You tend to remember all the men of the women characters, but not all the women of the men characters. <laughs> Mind wonders, Hoti. Wonders not simply. <laughs> oh, but I love Torian. And when they were eating the edibles and then they like found where all the hors d'oeuvres were, mm. was a very cute, very beautiful moment. And then obviously Molly being so inebriated <laughs> was just talking about how she used to fuck around with Joe, but it's okay because we grew up together. And Torian's like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Exactly. That yeah. Happening to Molly makes it, elevates that scene so much more than if it happened to Issa or someone else. Can we talk about it? (laughs) Oh, Molly, it was done in a way that was so considered with so much care and so much love for this show and especially for Molly's character. Mm. I am edified in the love and the fixed pussy of Molly. Yeah, no broken pussy for her. I love how um, Molly made a joke about that in one of the final scenes. Yeah! <laughs> and he's just like, oh, that's funny. We can You can joke about that now? <laughs> she was livid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but exactly. If you're not ready to receive the message, probably you don't want to hear it in the clubs. But... No. Um, or oh, even you got your kids singing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And let's not forget the whole Daniel arc. Mm. Um, But yeah, I just, I was so happy for Molly. And then when they were showing like a wedding scene, I was like, don't let that fucking be Issa. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. But it was a Molly wedding. And I think the show ended in the most beautiful of ways. And I love, love it. Everyone got a happy ending and I'm in for that. Um, Let's talk about Tiffany. Mm. So um, within this final season we find out that you know tiffany and derek are going to be moving um and they you know you you come to find friends and lovers when you're friends with people um how much of it is tested when you move locations yeah and you know there was a lot of there was a lot of trepidation that the girls had because she really struggled you know and without being a mother you know they did touch on postpartum depression um and just depression in general um with tiffany's character so you know there was so much love and so much worry but wanting to be there for her and wanting to root for her and we see her as a friend um her role as a friend also grows she says it as it is um and even when she was going through all she, they went to visit her and they felt something that wasn't right tiffany came out and said i'm unhappy i hate it here i hate it yeah. you know that's nothing that's something tiffany wouldn't have said in season one or two she'll keep it to herself yeah, yeah. even up to season four she wouldn't have said that shit at all yeah and i think that growth is is quite important to see in the characters that we've got to see and love mm-hmm. and to just to see that you can confide in your friends and your friends will be there and you're not alone despite the fact that you live in was it denver yeah i think so it, it's just what's not to love about it yeah um and I, I like how <laughs> very nonchalantly she talked about how you know there was a time where derek was staying at a hotel like there were a lot of things like you said that you know even if her girlfriends were receptive to it she wasn't ready to share that 
Yeah. And that's a whole nother conversation mm. because even if you have a loving support network, if you're not ready to share it or if you don't want to share it or if you're so used to holding it in, especially because Tiffany had that sort of bougie, I'll do it by myself, you know, feelings are ugly, like they're not cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it all to myself. Um, and it was a very beautiful sort of turn of events. And then you also see the dynamic between Kelly and Tiffany because Kelly Kelly was so offended. Like, yeah, of course you didn't tell Issa and Molly, but like, what, why did she? Yeah. You grouped me with them. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah. You would, anyone would be offended to be grouped with like early Issa and early Molly. <laughs> yeah, but you could, they were really close. They're the closest. And it, it, she, she, it really did heat her, you know. Yeah. Um, and we see her struggle with that. We saw her struggle with that in season four. Yeah. Even when she wasn't part of the baby shower plan, you know, yeah. she felt away about it. Because yeah. if not half fucking who. But it's also like, what the fuck did I do? Like, at least give me a reason to fuck it up. Like, yeah. you didn't even, like, give yeah. me a chance. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm not just your fun friend. Like, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I, I'll, I'll hold you down, man. Thank you, LL Cool J OT. <laughs> hey, that's a callback to your erotica. Halloween, go and listen to our episode, Friends and Lovers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, she's she's really solid in this. And I think her growth is is quite impressive and important. And also goes to talk about, you know, depression and you can confide in the people that are closest to you and yeah, you can both grow and heal together and you're not alone. And she, because I always forgot why Condola was in proximity, but it was because Tiff worked with her. Yeah. Because it's like, why does she keep buzzing around? Like, <laughs> why are you here? Let's talk about Kelly, arguably hands down the best fucking character on this show. One of the best lines of this show. And as we found um, in the documentary, you know, they mentioned Natasha Rothwell was just reading Kelly's character and they couldn't find, they wouldn't even think to find anyone that would be able to deliver it better than her. And a lot of the lines were ad-libbed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking love. She's brilliant. She's brilliant. She's great. We can't wait to see all of her future projects um, coming up. But Kelly, as a character, it's 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 not deep. You know, our podcast is a lot of fun. We are very nasty. But it kind of bothers me when, like, the the base reaction to our podcast is, they're funny. Like, we are funny. But I do feel like we bring a lot of depth as well to whatever we're discussing, mm. right? Um, you, you, you may think you'll be hard to press to listen to a podcast talking about Candyman and not mention gentrification, but you'll be surprised, friends and lovers. But um, in any case, I, I, I love that there's a presence of Kelly's character in the show for that loud friend, for that funny friend, for that friend that is okay to get fingered at a diner, mm. right? Like... There is so much dimension to Kelly and I don't necessarily think that her girlfriends thought she only offered one dimension, but I think sometimes they just forget, yeah. right? And she's always so accommodating as well. Um, lots of funny moments, including when she was looking at Issa's finances. <laughs> <laughs> like she just she just helped without question without making them jump through hoops she just helped effortlessly mm. right she was always there for her girls she was always down for her girls and it was funny but then it started to become sad where they went back to the reunion the first episode of season five where she was declared dead <laughs> Which was funny, but then, like, Issa's quote, which is fine in a normal context, but her just talking about how funny she was. But it's like, <laughs> if this was her death, like, I think, you know, especially when it comes to, like, birthdays and big milestones, as we get older, we start to, like, reflect on our mortality and potentially the impact or the lack of impact that we've had to those around us. Um, and and Kelly really, you know, brings it, brings it to the forefront in that episode which is like guys it's i'm not always the joke you know yeah. i am a person and i don't think that's to say that her girlfriend's thought she only offered that but i think in in being busy in your own lives it is easy to just be like ah 
Kelly. Yeah. She's funny, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think one of the things that we get to see with Kelly in season five is not only her realization that she wants to do more, she becomes, she works with Molly now. It's it's the giving back of it. All. Yeah. 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 It's, it's her realizing that she can do more. Yeah. She can be more rather than just the, hey, the funny friend, you know? And, and I think the fact that we've had Kelly throughout the whole season. Yeah. Yes, she had one of the best lines, Adley Blinds or whatnot. She's just a true friend. And I think that shone through a lot more than even her jokes did. Because at the end of the day, she was always there for Tiffany and Molly. You know, even when Molly was going through um, trying to set up the will for the dad and mom. You know, mm. it's Kelly that was there the whole day. Yeah. And she, she was there when they didn't even decide. They didn't even know they wanted to do that in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. But Kelly... Kelly is a really is a really good people person and she has that energy. She just disarms people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you're in a presence, it's just amazing, man. She was like, the fucking light of the show. She was the light of the white lotus. She was the best thing about white lotus. Um, she was. Yeah. She was. And, you know, it's always nice to see yourself even in like minuscule of ways. Just, you know, with Kelly, um, a few drinks in, talking about life's preguntas. <laughs> um, I definitely, <laughs> I may not be on the tabletops, but I'll definitely be talking about existential shit um, as the drinks keep pouring. But I love, love, love Kelly. Well, we find soulmates in wherever we find them, right, OT? Mm-hmm. Um, Koya, shout outs to Koya. She was very loyal. She was always ready to scrap in the name of Issa. Um, and I think a lot of us can relate to that coming to the close um, of Insecure. Shout outs to Sajada, um, who plays a, a minorish role um, in Insecure, but she was very um, prominent in Awkward Black Girl. Also, shout outs to the ever eternal Thug Yoda. Mm. We also shouted out Saronis Jackson. I don't even know why I mentioned him again, but I guess that's the power um, that he holds. There's two characters I want to talk about before we finish off OT. Um, I want to talk about Condola and I want to talk about Crenshaw. Who do we want to talk about first? Let's start with Condola Oil. <laughs> Condoleezza mm-hmm. Oil? Okay. Um, Condola, Condola, Condola. I think um, it was very cute the way she was introduced into the show. It felt a bit more menacing the way that she was twisted into the show. Um, but it, it was done in a way that works. Um, you know, we we whenever it's relevant, we talk about our reproductive rights and you know if condola chose to keep the kid um i i I do like the way she outlaid that you know yes this is your kin but you can be as involved as you want to um but once you're in you're in and i i really loved that strength in condola she's like i'm gonna do it without you if you want to be in it you got to be about it right yeah uh agree i think also us getting to see kiki palma as a sister yeah who hates lawrence (laughs) Even though in real life we know she's part of the Lawrence Hive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but wow, I think Condola in this, we get to see her grow as well yeah. and, and sort of accept that, you know, this is what I want to do with my life. Yep. And even the interactions with Lawrence are a bit different. You know, it's it's more when Lawrence was being a dick. Yeah. She would have easily just thrown out the pram, but at the end of the day, that doesn't benefit anyone. Uh-huh. Uh but she handled that quite well. I thought, um, wow, look at me giving props to Conola. Yeah, if you can say her name right. <laughs> um, then then we'll we'll market your maturity badge, Rote. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Condola definitely provided texture um, in this show. There was definitely a sense of like messiness, um, but I also liked the maturity that because we 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 did get to a point where Issa was a bit more, you know, understanding. Um, Were you surprised that they didn't even try to get on with Lawrence again? Or she didn't try to get on with Lawrence at all? No, because even at that point, like, Lawrence was a bit flaky anyway. So I don't think... They shared a more 
moment. They shared quite an intimate moment um, when Lawrence had flown back. And I thought he'd offers to uh, fix the shelf, I think. And I thought that was quite a cute, cozy moment. But maybe it was just more, we have to do this. No, but I think that's the world and that's media informing you that in this case, if a man does something nice for a woman, then they're obliged to each other, which they're not. Especially if they're co-parenting. I have to return that IKEA shop then. Well, you can return it all, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you keep hanging around here. I'm not putting that up if I ain't getting anything, mate. (laughs) How many more years are you going to stay comfortable on that bouch? <laughs> um, let's move on. Maybe not end on, but let's move on and talk about Crenshaw. I more particularly want to talk about the way that he interacted with Issa. And I feel like it's more of a discussion point as opposed to the actual character. Um, you know, Issa, Issa's character in Insecure specifically was always about nurturing black talent, right? Mm. And she had a lot, she, she had an existing skill set at working at We Got Y'all, but she also built on that as well as, you know, cultivating her own networks. It wasn't easy, but she also recognized the value that artists brought as well, right? It wasn't, aside from rapping in the mirror, it wasn't a skill set that she brought, but she understood the value of it. And she understood that she was the conduit between, you know, black excellence and artistry and the corporate, very white sort of funding world. Yeah, yeah, and and I think one of the things that even up until the end, I know they've already settled the doubt with Crenshaw. I just didn't take to him at all. Yeah, his whole vibe, his whole thing about looking down on Issa and even spreading fucking rumors about how she's hard and she's not yeah. for the people. Yeah, it was yeah, fucking yeah. ridiculous. I hated that. Yeah. And him crawling back with a non-apology. It was a non-apology. It was a fuckboy non-apology. Uh, I'm like, mate. And then we, we get to this episode where Issa has to decide who to go with. Yeah. And we take into a bit of back and forth. I didn't really appreciate that. But in essence, we saw what Issa wanted and she always wanted to be in the community and to help people within the community rather than just be successful and feel withdrawn from it. Yeah. So it was always pointing towards her going with Crenshaw, but I saw that and knew that. I just felt he didn't fucking deserve Issa. But I guess unfucking fortunately with those sorts of industries, you can't burn bridges, right? Then again, I'm just petty as fuck. I'd be like, piss off. Go fill up your papers <laughs> yourself. I don't know. <laughs> no, I like I agree with you, but I I think I appreciated the introduction of Crenshaw because at least for anyone that was frustrated with Issa, there were definitely absolutely moments and you know especially with Lawrence and Molly confronting her in very public ways we see this with Crenshaw as well and maybe there was some sort of sense of catharsis because in the years that you know Issa Rae has um, you know cultivated and worked in and even breaking into like the music industry and rap shit is coming up soon Um, she also has a music label as well and she talks about how she can't even begin to imagine how musicians try to navigate like she thought Hollywood was bad but like the music industry is a whole nother kettle of fish right Mm. so maybe there was some sense of catharsis and also you know like even in the heart of they fall like I loved seeing yes we're we're loving and praising black people but there's different types and people are out for their own gain and sometimes they they think their shit don't stink just like Crenshaw Mm. right and even though he did have the talent that doesn't warrant you being a dickhead and unfortunately burning a bridge but then Issa had to repair it you know for the betterment of the community yeah I think that's one of the things that I'll just keep it under my rug I didn't really appreciate it he could have fucked off yeah just because I'm petty what else have you got under your rug sir (laughs) a lot I think a lot of Halloween memorabilia under there all of the panties I've been trying to send to Mads Mikkelsen yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I would love to um, end on my used or unused unmentionables, um, but perhaps we can end on something else, OT. Is there anything else you would like to say in regards to the fifth and final and just Insecure in general? Because we're definitely going to keep the Issa love train going. It's definitely one of the best shows to date. What? What? It's in my top five shows of all time. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. And there's no tax there at all. Uh, I just love it. I think it'll be a staple. It'll be a classic. It is a classic. And I can't wait for black young kids to watch this and to see different sort of people portrayed on the screen that's not tied to stupidity, stereotypical nonsense. And I'm all for that. Um, I love it. I really do. It's just too good, too good not to recommend over and over. To anyone that sees me in future, I'll be talking about Insecure in our conversation. I'll be dropping it in just because. Nice. I love that. Um, I also love that, you know, we see a different portrayal of the LA um, that we've previously seen in media, TV, um, as well as films. I love what this show was. I also loved, and you could always count on Issa just making things awkward as fuck. Like you think after five seasons, she's a fully evolved final form um, being, but she'll always find a way to make things really awkward. Um, I, I, you know, friends and lovers, we've done three episodes now of Insecure and wherever I can, I mention how much I love Issa Rae, how much I, you know, how much it meant to me at the time that I discovered, um, you know, Awkward Black Girl. Like it's, it's just, it's more than what words could ever explain, perhaps to someone more articulate, but at least for me now in this moment, I love it. I will eventually be at peace but I am still mourning the loss of a show that meant so much to me and characters that I have, for the most part, held to my bosom. Um, And, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Oh, Monday nights will never be the same again. Yeah, because we live in the future. Otherwise, it would be a Sunday evening. Thank you, friends and lovers, for joining us. Um, We're going to finish off in a segment we call For Your Reference, OT. Uh, It'll be a callback. Um, Living single, I think it's just one of the things that I can draw parallels to in terms of the characters. It's really good. You should watch it as a staple and then rewatch Insecure again. Nice. Uh, Carrying on the theme of having black women in front of and behind the screens and also writing shows of quality um, humanizing the black woman experience in ways that we have never experienced before p valley mm-hmm. pussy valley mm-hmm. um, if you would like to find what else uh, ot has kept in my rug of pussy valley on twitter and instagram we're at for your f pod write us an email at hello podcast.com we're also on quoting offering you the hive pill podcast if you'd like to leave (laughs) (laughs) a rating and review and we'll see you guys in the next episode see ya bye